0: Hey, everybody out there in podcast land, I'd like to welcome you to The Design Insider, and I'm your host, Tyler Warble. Let's uh, get into it. We're having a discussion about uh, curb your enthusiasm. Let's see where this goes. She's
1: She's really funny, but (laughs) I think that you could tell it wasn't as witty as Larry would do.
2: Yeah, Larry's so awkward. I think that's what makes it funny. Yeah. Um, so cringy, as my daughter would say. How old's Very your daughter? Cool. She's yeah. ten. Really? Cringy. Show, yeah, I got it. The outsiders I got
0: twenty-year-old daughters.
2: Oh my God. Outsiders?
0: Good. So good. Yeah, she, the outsiders. she
2: she keeps me in check.
1: Huh. It gets really good. So, is this what we're supposed to do? Is just sit here and talk?
0: Yeah. Uh, so I've actually been recording. So oh.
2: it's just, <laughs> okay. I, so we're done, kind of, actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got to be honest. Hey, it's been great.
0: <laughs> hey, world! This is my first podcast.
2: Ooh, <laughs> Welcome you know. to the
1: world. All right, well, do you want to introduce yourself? Uh, sure. Uh, Scott Dresner from Dresner Design, um, kitchen designer and builder uh, for as long as I could remember. <laughs> <laughs> Started right. when I was 14, so I mean, I haven't wow. stopped since then. Yeah. Um, went through the Formica craze, went through the high rise craze in Miami in the 90s. Ooh. Yeah, done a lot. I wish I hadn't. I mean, I'd be younger. <laughs>
2: Yeah, but then you wouldn't have all this experience, right?
1: I know. And you know what? It's really kind of cool having the experience. And I know that I've done so much because I've had three different types of businesses. Um, It says a lot about experience, but it also says a lot about a new experience and a younger experience. And, you know, me always trying to mentally be younger and to sell a younger product. It's uh, it's sometimes a little bit, you know, I gotta learn how to text. Yeah, I, I had to learn how to Venmo. <laughs> I uh,
2: I know what you mean because like um, everybody was doing Snapchat a few years ago, and I was really perplexed by Snapchat. And I decided, you know what, I'm gonna download Snapchat. And I'm gonna teach myself how to Snapchat. <laughs> You know, I'm not going to be old. I refuse. (laughs) (laughs)
1: So that is where I'm coming from. I refuse. I
2: get it. I refuse. I'm like, no. I
1: refuse. (laughs) I mean, I see there's a lot of people in the world now that are getting older, and they're really doing amazing things. I mean, not to talk about politicians, but... I mean, there's people that are close to 80 that are trying to run for president, mm-hmm. oh, You know, that's which, true. which I think yeah. is amazing. And right. I also...
2: Think- Hello, J-Lo. Do we need to say anything else? Okay. Don't get me started.
1: First of all, did everybody here <laughs> think that, that was an
2: amazing show? I thought it was unbelievable. Anybody,
1: anybody out there that ragged on J-Lo, you're a totally horrible person.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I okay? I do have, I oh, do have to tell you out. that my son uh, came up to me and he goes... I'm not sure that was appropriate.
1: <laughs> okay. That's the other thing.
2: Unprompted.
1: Did everybody know who did her dress? Or her yeah. her outfit? Yeah, Let's with hear
0: it. Yeah, with uh, what, Justin Timberlake and the No, 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 not oh, that. I'm about talking about
1: JLo's outfit I just was done read by about Donatello this, uh, Versace. Yeah, I just oh. heard
2: about the the leather and everything that went into it. And the man hours of stitching and
1: Yeah. I, I think I think she was amazing and I think the other one who I know, but I didn't know as much as J-Lo. Yeah, Shakira. Amazing. Yeah, I agree. And she could dance. Oh, my God. Yeah,
2: they totally kicked ass. Um, What I think ties together with what you were just saying is that like 50, 30 years ago is totally different than 50 now. Oh, I agree. You know, like J-Lo's 50 and she's doing things that a 50 year old would have never been doing. I saw this side by side of Rue McClanahan, or was it, no, what's her name? Yeah, Rue McClanahan from Golden Girls. And it was like 50 in the 80s versus <laughs> J Lo on the pole, like 50 now.
1: <laughs> no, I remember, you know, like my grandfather being 60, and I thought that was ancient. And Jesus, I'm oh, sorry, it's, it's right <laughs> around the corner for yeah. me. Yeah. yeah.
2: But I think, you know, if you're always pushing yourself to try something new, Um, that's what keeps you young. Like as long as you don't get rigid, you know, the, the problem set in when you do something because it's the way you've always done it. And obviously Scott, that is not the way you operate because you're always going to,
1: I don't know. I've done the, uh, they call it the waterfall leg for my entire life. It's not, it's the Parsons leg after the Parsons table. Uh, Yes. And I've done that. Literally that has been something I've done my whole life because I liked all that fifties modern square block furniture uh-huh. that my parents had that was already gone by the time your parents were there.
2: Yeah. Um, we had a lot of seventies elements that was avocado kind of green. green. Yeah. But my parents were kind of hippies. So I feel like they never fully embraced a lot of the trendiness of You know, colors and things like that. Yeah, but I
1: think that hippies do embrace color. They do like avocados. I'm working for it. Yes,
2: (laughs) they really like avocados. (laughs) Speaking
1: of avocados, does everybody know there's an arugula shortage in the world now? There is. This is terrible
2: news. This is the worst thing I've heard. I
1: know. I went to Jewel. I went to Potash. I went everywhere, and they all told me there's a shortage.
2: Maybe they had a like. Poisoning or something where they take it off the shelves. Uh,
0: maybe the Italian. This don't is really it. bad news. I, I, I
2: love arugula. <laughs> Me too. <laughs>
0: so, Kelly, do you want to introduce sure. yourself?
2: Sure. Um, hi, I'm Kelly Zaremba. Um, I'm a territory sales manager for Dornbrocht. Um, I, that is my job, but I feel like what I really do is help people to build their networks. And I'm always looking for creative, fun inspiration. And I don't know. I... I feel like I get to work with the best in the business. It's a pretty fortunate place to be. Um, Get to see the best design, the best designers, um, work with the best product. So yeah, I count my blessings.
0: (laughs) How
1: did you two meet? Um, Jill. Yeah, but what did you do that was so nice?
2: Well, we worked together on a project for the gallery walk. That was really the first time. Yep. Um, that we had met, uh, where Scott brought in this amazing kitchen and had it painted, like, how do we, how do we describe the way By it was painted?
1: graffiti street artists um, that are famous from Chicago that do an amazing job. One's a guy, is uh, his name is Mauricio, and the other guy is Tubbs. Hmm. Mauricio is more like um, geometric shapes. Amazing. And then Tubbs is a guy that does calligraphy really funky yeah, really calligraphy. Cool. I don't even know what he's writing about but whatever it was it was on the kitchen and it's it was cool it's so cool
2: um, but you know Jill had asked if maybe Dornbrock would want, would want to be involved and of course we would um, we put one of our faucets on the pop-up kitchen that was painted uh, in the middle of the street so for gallery walk people were just out you know walking down what street were we on? There's Hubbard and Wells, okay, on right the corner, yeah, right under the L tracks, and
0: I'll pull the, the picture. pictures
2: of it are amazing. Yeah,
0: shoot, shoot me that so we can put it in the,
2: the blog. It's so cool. Um, then they had a live model outside, and she was painted in body paint oh, wow. to match the kitchen. So she would like change positioning to blend into the kitchen, and it was really well done. Wow. Super fun, and I know it was a lot of logistics- for Scott I mean it was it, insane it, it
1: was but can <laughs> I tell you something I've done a lot of crazy things in my day that was one of my better ones I, I was it I,
2: the craziest or n- logistically? no
1: it, it wasn't but I can say I've done a lot of really wild things that set things up like that in the middle of nowhere that one because it was painted and because um, it, it just was so much more creative than me just setting up a kitchen it was it was just it was, the best uh, the best experience that i've had and the support from Dornbrock which has supported me the last 20 years of my career it was just amazing because look stosa kitchens are are really a, a great kitchen and it looks great and it was a great design done by us but when you see a dornbracht faucet that's like looking at a maybach next to your kitchen well
2: thanks <laughs> which if anybody knows what
1: that is that's the top of the line yeah. mercedes
2: Um, I think what was really interesting for me being a part of that experience was fully understanding what needed to happen to get it installed. Um, I mean, sure we provided the faucet, but all the hoops that Scott and the artists were jumping through to get it installed. Wow. I'm not sure everybody appreciates on the level that I saw, you know, them spray painting it in his garage. (laughs)
1: Um, And it rained.
2: (laughs) Yeah. It was like, weather was not on our side. Um, but, you know, it really exposed me, too, to some very cool artists.
0: Wow, that's incredible. Thank you. I mean,
1: like I said, I've done a lot of really cool things. It yeah. was
2: awesome. It was spectacular, actually. It
1: what was, happened to that kitchen? Um, I still have it. For a while, it was sitting at uh, Art Space 8. And right now, it's in his storeroom. And I'm, i am I got to move it somewhere to display it because it is just so cool. Um People love looking at it. It really is cool. Yeah, and it's just different. I mean, if I ever had a small loft, oh, I would use it in a heartbeat.
2: So one thing that um, I wouldn't, this wouldn't even have been on my radar screen if I hadn't been involved in that project and that this is how cool the universe works. So I live in the Western suburbs and I take uh, 290 in and out of the city every day. And Mauricio, I follow on Instagram, and he showed this mural that he was working on. And it is this beautiful mural that is on um, Loretto Hospital
0: mm-hmm.
2: on the north side of uh, 290.
0: Yeah, my brother was born there.
2: Oh, my gosh. The the mural is gorgeous. And it's so cool that I met the guy who did that. And yeah. it was because of you know Scott and Jill bringing us in on this project and because of Dornbrocht. I know who did that. Like, it's like putting the face with the artwork, which I think is so personal.
0: Yeah. That's really cool.
2: Yeah. It, I mean, I think about it every day. So.
0: As you come Thanks, in.
2: Scott.
1: <laughs> um, you know what? A lot of people, just by looking at the picture, say, yeah, it's cool. And they didn't really get the whole experience. However, I'm, I do um, like lunch and learns in front of architects, you know, and generally architects that are... Big firms that I have no clue who they are and they Mm -hmm. have no clue I am. And um, my second slide in is that picture, you know, that shows that whole thing, you know, with it out there. And uh, you can see that the train is above it and everything. And people always are like mesmerized. Whoa, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, and I talk about it. Um, I talk about, you know, the the River uh, North Design District and I talk about the Art Walk. And uh, you know what? people find that it's interesting to start something off like that, not just
0: by shoving cabinets down their throat. Sure. Well, yeah, it gets their attention. That's awesome. So what was the thing that started the, uh, the Art Walk? Like, what is the Art Walk?
2: Well, Jill Merrimont <laughs> is really the creative evil genius on that one.
1: Of the so, whole thing. Not yeah. just the Art Walk. <laughs> yeah. River Design District North. what's that other one that i'm in that (laughs) one too daring hall Hall, yes (laughs) everything that i'm in Uh,
2: (laughs) so the idea behind the gallery walk is that we have showrooms that are involved they are partnered with artists and then they are partnered with interior designers so each one of those showrooms has a particular experience And it's one night a year and there's a lot of buildup that goes into the planning and creation of the event. But year after year it's gotten bigger and better. Um, It is my favorite event of the year. And it's really fun just to see people experience the artist. Um, It's neat for the artist, I think, to have that exposure with interior designers. Um, It's gotten to the point now where a lot of interior designers are actually bringing their clients to the event because it's so much fun. I mean, it's like you're walking from showroom to showroom. Yeah. So
0: what made you decide to put a kitchen in the middle of a, you know, Mm. I guess a street or a sidewalk? (laughs) I could be a media whore.
2: (laughs) He likes the attention. (laughs) No,
1: because look, if you're going to do something, you, you might as well do something totally different than anybody's done. And, you know, there's every Italian in the mart and nobody is trying anything different so i just decided hey i'm going to do something different and i got to tell you this year i did something incredible that i loved and it didn't go over as well and i you know like next year i I don't know it's hard to beat what i did the first time the first time was just amazing yeah Uh, my italian manufacturer has a picture in their in their offices blown up because it's just so cool
2: well i think because you really created an experience You know, like it was something, it was art that people could really ask questions about. Yeah. Um, It wasn't stuffy. You know, you weren't in some sort of uptight gallery. You were out on the street. Living art. Yeah. And, you know, here's this woman who's painted head to toe. So it's like really dynamic. Like it's kind of moving and changing and she's moving and you're wondering what's going to happen next. And then you've got these two amazing graffiti artists that put their... Heart and soul into this. They really did. Yeah.
1: The best part about the girl, I mean, besides that she's naked and I thought that was fantastic, (laughs) (laughs) the the best part about the girl is people literally, she was painted to match so well. You couldn't see her. That people walked by her and didn't even realize she was there. Right. And I'm sorry. Everybody notices somebody naked on the street. Of course. Unfortunately, I live at Dearborn and uh, Division. (laughs) I see it all the time. (laughs)
2: What's going on in your neighborhood? Yeah,
1: <laughs> it's not good. Anytime, uh, Mayor Lightfoot, we can have some police back.
0: <laughs> oh, awesome! So, uh, what did you do this past year that you said didn't go over well? See, she didn't see it. What? I made a kitty kitchen.
2: I mean, I think that's fun. Oh, yes, it was. Why do you think it wasn't received as well?
1: Well, it's definitely the first time I made a kitty kitchen. And I had adorable models for the kitty kitchen. When Are I say you talking about kitchen, cats. No, I'm talking okay. about a kid's kitchen. Oh, okay. You know, like kids play at a little kitchen, like yeah. you get a little plastic one? Yeah. Oh, I made one out of <laughs> laminate and stainless steel <laughs> with ceramic sinks and oh, that's awesome. Dornbrock faucet. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and the kids could play in all the cabinets and there was a little oven and everything. And there was a mm-hmm. real refrigerator so you could keep things cold. Wow. And I mean,
2: my kids would love that.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I was trying to auction it off for the uh, Humane Society. Yeah. And um, look, it's not worth giving them $500 for something that's cost thousands. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, it had to be at the right event. So it's uh, under plastic Yep. with all the other things that I've done. And yeah. uh, I, I'm going to bring it out at some event.
0: Yeah. Huh.
1: I, uh, I, it, it we're going to
2: brainstorm on that because I think there's some fun ways that...
1: I got to do something this next year that's really, really different, and I want to do it because it's the time of the year that to do something different, and it's the only chance that I have to be noticed and trying to do different things because you got everybody coming to this now. And when we first started,
2: uh, there were well, it very used to few be people. so small. I mean, yes, yeah, the exposure is huge. Um, there's so much media coverage. And just people physically out on the street, walking from showroom to showroom. Yeah. I mean, I think the last three years, we've had people that were not signed up at all. And we're like, what's everybody doing? Yeah. How do we get a ticket? How do we get in here? What is this? Yeah. How do we go to this after party? <laughs> we need security now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the after party is fine. We need yeah, security it is fun. We, I mean, we need security anyways. It's a good idea. But I mean, definitely... It's not just for looks anymore, you know, yeah. like we actually have a list and um, people buy tickets because it sells out every year.
1: Yeah. You know what? I'm kind of proud that I think that I'm one of the first couple and the the whole thing and not just the, uh, like Jill's saying, yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah. The what?
2: The first. Oh, the excuse first. me.
1: Drez says I was the first. <laughs>
2: wow. <laughs> So
1: if you see Let's me pause. jumping off the bridge, that's because Jill told me to.
2: We'd like to pause for a special announcement. Yeah. Announcement from Drez. Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna have your own segment called Drez Says Now. Uh, it's, yeah,
1: we already have
0: it. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So no, it's
1: gonna be a, it's gonna be a hard one to beat. Uh, we've done other events, you know, door events and doors for dignity and chairs and all this. We've done these things, but. You, you competition stiff when everybody's trying to do that. Yeah. Mm. But at this thing, I can sit there and do whatever I want. Yep. I mean, obviously, if I have painted naked girls out on the street, which yeah. I'm not sure if I had a permit for that part, so let's just cut that one out. <laughs> they wouldn't give me a permit to sell ice to give away ice cream or water, but they'd give me a permit. I mean, to be
2: fair, she was covered. You know, it was yeah, it was body paint, PG-13. But yeah. But it still was very exciting. So,
1: Kelly, are you doing body paint in the suburbs? No.
2: <laughs> I, I live in Wheaton, Scott. I mean, I do live in South Wheaton, so there. You know, it's a little more open-minded. So-wo? So-wo? so, so, <laughs> so row. Call it so-ro. South of Roosevelt. <laughs> it's That's a funny. thing. I'm
1: sorry. I've only lived here 12, 13 years. Yeah. I, I haven't experienced Wheaton yet.
2: Well, we'll get you out there. Okay. It's changed a lot. It's not. It's not like your neighborhood, though. <laughs> Yours is a little more exciting.
1: <laughs> well, just because there's, it's crazy over there now.
0: <laughs> so, what got you started into design and building, and um, if, if you've done three other things, what was the jump? What was the
1: really what started it? Yeah. Is when I was 14 years old, um, my dad went to Europe. There was a wall unit company that somebody may hear because you do German product called mm-hmm. Interloop Key. Ever hear of it?
2: I haven't heard of them.
1: So he brought back a picture, and we had a little alcove, and he wanted his TV up there, which, by the way, weighed like 300 pounds sure. in its day. Yeah. And he wanted his stereo in there, and it was reel-to-reel, and he had this whole idea. Can you do that? So I first figured it out, and I drew it and then i actually built my first wall unit when i was 14 years old wow. before anybody was doing it and i painted it myself and um, i realized that i was like a producer i liked producing things i liked to have dreams and build what my dreams were yeah. and i i i did it i did it with my hands in the first business literally 3500 kitchens i put in myself wow so i believe that because i worked with my hands and I did this thing when I was so young that I believe that when I became a designer later on in life I believe that I understood design better because god I already made mistakes and I you know you learn mistakes as you go and it's
2: so formative
1: yeah yeah I mean and uh, it's just been fortunate for me that I saw that because a lot of times when you're a kid you know you may have a special gift yeah and it goes away. It could be playing a guitar, right? you know, and you forget about it and it's
0: it's something that's really stuck with me my whole life. Wow, so how have you used that um, you know I would say give us an example of a time that you have used that kind of like something crazy that you've had to do for a client or okay <laughs> um, nineteen eighty eight eighty
1: nine there was a company called Greenberg and Associates, and they made store fixtures. Mm -hmm. I was awarded to do basically the cash wraps that sat in the middle of every baseball stadium. That they would come like the like before there was the stores, yeah, there was a big, huge cash wrap, and you came and you picked something out on the wall, and then you bought it from this big, huge, round cash wrap, yeah. Um. The craziest one ever is John Greenberg's and Associates has a meeting at our shop. This thing is put together, and I'm saying to them, look, guys, it has to be in three pieces or four pieces. Yeah. You cannot bring this into the stadium in one piece. Yeah. And they're telling me, nope, we want it in one piece. Oh, man. We did not install them. I went out on this one just because I wanted to see see everybody's face. (laughs) Okay, This is the first one I went to, and I think it was uh, Shea Stadium. Is that New York? Uh, I think so. Yeah, Yeah. I think so. We're we're Chicago guys. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I I think it was that one, and I, I get there, and the truck gets there, and none of my guys are there to install it, and their installer opens up the door, and it's in the truck. I mean... If we had 40 guys working for us, it took all 40 guys. like a spaceship. To get them in the truck. <laughs> wow. oh, and it's this big,
2: huge half circle,
1: okay? It was just the dumbest thing ever. And as soon as we got them out the truck, the, the installer that was there, who knew my product, he goes the hell were you thinking I said <laughs> I See told this them. Yeah. these signatures yeah. this is how they wanted it and he just took out a circular saw and cut it in half oh my <laughs> really? god really? yep, right in front of me <laughs> if wow. we would have had iPhones uh-huh. then you had a phone in a bag that did nothing <laughs> um, um, if we would have had iPhones it would have been the best video for social media I've ever done
0: <laughs> so you just lopped it in half
1: cut it right in half wow. moved it in put it back
0: together yeah. wow that's incredible
1: But, you know, it just seems like as you do more and if you're running, you know, a business like Mm -hmm. yours, Tyler, that you're doing a lot of jobs and high-end jobs and you you run into all kinds of things and they they go down in memory of some of the best things that ever happened. Sometimes
2: the worst is the best. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Well, this time it was the best because I didn't have to cuddle it off. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, And because I got to see it. And yeah. then I hung out in New York, I think, for the rest of the weekend and, like, had a really good time.
2: So where did you build it? Which is nice.
1: Um, my original business was in uh, Royal Oak, Michigan.
2: Oh, okay. So it got transported all the way from Michigan to New York.
0: Yep. Yeah. What
2: was then it? they open up the truck.
0: Yeah. What What was the dimensions? Was it like laying on its side in there? I don't even remember. Yeah. It
1: was just ridiculous. I remember they had to build two by fours and everything to hold it up. Oh,
2: you know wow. how you see like those big drain pipes with like the roller skate on the back of the um, totally. big semi truck? Yeah. That's how I'm picturing Scott's. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it, it was just like that traveling and, to New York. Wow. They
1: they never made that mistake again, and that was like the fourth or fifth one. So they already knew we were capable. Right, But the, 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 I've had quite a few experiences like that. When we did 20-seater, it was on the second floor. The only way the island top would go in through with the window. And there was literally a half inch, a quarter inch at the top and the bottom, and it's in a crane. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, I have pictures of all this stuff. That was more planned than this other one. But I mean, you know, you, 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 you got to do everything to the nth degree. Yeah. To do great things. And the people who always play it safe are just going to be safe. They aren't using Dornbrock, by the way.
2: Typically not. I mean, (laughs) I think one of the aspects of luxury that we always talk about is the fact that really you should be creating solutions Mm -hmm. that maybe people haven't even really thought to put together yet. Yeah. Um, You know, bringing ideas. So just even in that, you know, clearly that wasn't ideal logistically, but not saying no Yeah, Or, you know, having a really solid reason for saying no. You know, I mean, obviously we don't want something that's not going to function. But being creative, that's really the liberty of being in the luxury space that we can come up with very cool solutions.
0: Absolutely.
1: Based
2: on someone's individual preference.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Look, if you didn't try hard on a lot of life, we wouldn't have Apple computer.
2: Right. We wouldn't, we wouldn't
1: have Tesla. Did anybody see Tesla hit $940 oh, today? Very happy I own stock in Tesla. Oh, I do. I, too, too? <laughs> yeah. uh, I made more money in two days on stock than I did at work.
2: Yeah, I just listened to this whole podcast where they were, this is totally diverging off of the, our topic, but yeah, they were talking funny. about the um, bulls and bears that are, you know, trying to short Tesla and Who like. lost billions. I mean, and how now it's like people are out for blood. Yeah. Like the Tesla, pro Tesla people are getting Tesla tattoos because they're, you know, winning. And then yeah. it's like these guys who are trying to short Tesla. It's becoming like a war. Well,
1: I can honestly say that I got rid of two really fancy cars and I drive a Tesla. X. And you love it? Yeah. It's the best car I've ever driven. Good. They treat me like I just bought an Apple iPhone. You hear that, Elon? <laughs> and when you spend the kind of money and you get rid of cars that are expensive cars, you should treat the guys that are buying the fancier car nicer. Yeah, and they don't because here right. every asshole can have an iPhone. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and that's it's just the way that it is. And so
2: I've not had the experience. The customer service is not super friendly. If
1: the car is not perfect, it's it's impossible to get it serviced at this point. Just because. Oh wow. They. There's nobody to talk to on the phone. Everything's done by computer, and yeah. you know everything. I mean, they're they're trying really hard. It's it's just that if you're gonna get people that drove Range Rovers and Mercedes, and it's that nice of a car, right? You, you got to treat them that way because they've been buying that stuff for so many years. Yeah.
2: Well, on the customer service piece, on a Mercedes or
1: the an Audi, amazing. it's like yeah.
2: Next level. I mean, even just picking your car up and dropping it off for you to have service done, yeah.
1: they treat you like you're a king.
2: I mean, I actually don't know if I can go back now that I've driven a German car for the last six years. Right. I, I don't know how that experience would be just simply from a service side. Yeah. It is so full service.
1: But let's be real now. If your Tesla comes perfect. Sometimes you don't have to service do anything it for seven years. All yeah. you do is change brakes and tires. Well, that's so you don't amazing. have to go there for them. Yeah. Okay. And they go a million miles.
2: Yeah. And let's, let's that's discuss. That's quality time back to your life.
1: Yeah. Let's, let's discuss that my SUV is as fast as my 911.
0: Yeah. And okay. I never drive anymore
1: because I'd rather drive the Tesla. <laughs> Sorry, Porsche. It sits under a cover. Jill's seen it. It's, it just sits there. And What year is it? 2011. Okay. It's got 10,000 miles. Okay. I've driven it once last summer. Oh. <laughs> but, and I don't need this thing. It's now just there. But I'm just saying the Tesla is as fast as that car. Yeah. This thing's huge. Yeah. It's as big as a Range
0: Rover. And, it's, and it weighs three times as much as the 911. Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> and it's scary fast.
0: Yeah. You get used to it, you know.
1: Yeah. But... It's not naughty.
0: Do you have Do you have ludicrous mode? No, no. Uh,
1: I I was cut off at a certain point by my wife. (laughs) (laughs) That happens.
2: You know what? It's probably for your own good, Scott. Let's let's be honest. You can do the upgrade. (laughs) (laughs) She might just be looking out for you. She's not looking to clip your wings, right?
1: (laughs) They were pretty clipped.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's It's better to just embrace it then. Mm -hmm.
1: The driving by itself. I mean, I know that everybody's going to do it. Audi and Mercedes and Porsche is going to do it better, maybe. Today, uh, Tesla was claimed to be the number one automaker in America. Wow. By enterprise.
2: Really? Now wow. I don't
1: understand what that means. Their stock is at nine hundred and sixty dollars, and Ford's is at nine. And I'm a Detroiter. <laughs> yeah. GM's at thirty five, and Chrysler's at thirteen. Yeah. That all sounds like garbage basement. Bottom th- basement stuff, you I know? think their
0: market cap right now is $150 billion. Who? Which all the, the Tesla. Oh, yeah. Which
1: Ford can't even touch. No. <laughs> I, I, look, I'm from a Detroit, and all these Detroiter friends of mine think I'm a trader and stuff. Yeah. I'm like, dude, read the news. You guys, if you don't pay attention,
2: you're going away. Yeah. I do have to tell you, my husband just bought the Ford Explorer. Mm-hmm. It, we, he refers to it as the Ford Explorer Platinum because, you know, it's very specific. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he loves that car, yeah. and it is pretty uh, awesome. So
1: I love that car, too.
0: I had tons of them, but we called it the
1: Ford Exploder.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, they did catch on fire. We had a couple in our family that caught on fire. Yeah, the yeah. Exploder. <laughs> yeah. I
2: grew up in a Ford family, so, you know, it was like I really left the family when I went outside of Ford.
1: Well, yeah, you went European. Yeah. Well, you looked at Dornbrock and you understand really, how it's made. <laughs> yeah,
0: There's, It's a good piece to touch on is the customer service. And, you know, you can be such a big company and what Tesla doesn't have great customer service. Um, but then you look at companies that have done it forever, like Porsche and Mercedes, and you walk in and you feel like a king. I said that to somebody else like a week ago. Um, cause I have a German car and I have an American car. And every time I go to the American dealership, they act like they don't even know you and you never bought one of their cars, even though you did spend money on one of their cars and you just want it fixed. Um, but you walk into a Porsche dealership and you're a King <laughs> and it's unreal. I,
1: I agree. I think Mercedes is really still the best.
0: I mean, hmm.
1: I, we had Mercedes, this guy picked it up, dropped it off. It yeah. was it made it so easy owning it, and it really didn't break down ever. Yeah. Uh, and they're kind of cool now. I mean, they're getting cooler. Well, the GTR and GTS. Is- yeah, I know oh, that, but you're not going to the grocery store in that. No. <laughs> no,
2: but I mean, like, mine is the small SUV, and it is so comfortable.
1: Yeah. yeah. If you have the Audi SUV, it's just badass
2: so I just got the Mercedes well I had that Audi I had the Q5 diesel which badass. I loved yeah, oh, yeah. look love at that you car.
1: diesel yep.
2: wow. I needed that extra liter you know did you ever think
1: about uh changing it over to the french fries
2: <laughs> no the biodiesel no <laughs> yes. I mean I suppose it's all part biodiesel now but mm-hmm. um I, I love that car I could drive forever with it um it's definitely given me a new perspective just about customer service in general. I mean, maybe part of that just comes with age and experience, but you know, I don't mind paying a little bit more for something if I know that it makes my life easier.
0: Yeah. It's going to get taken care of.
2: Yeah. And you know, I feel like with working for Dornbrocht, we talk about the fact that we sell premium products Mm -hmm. and that there should be premium service. Absolutely. You know, just for example, um, if you go on the website and type in, Somewhere in the Midwest, my phone number pops up, my cell phone number. Yeah. So if there's an issue with their Dornbrock product, it's my email or my phone number that they're Mm -hmm. calling. And it's my cell phone. It's not like an office phone that goes to some answering machine. So it's like frequently, you know, when I get a call, I'm in the car and I don't know how to fix it, but it's getting them the answers that they need. Yeah. And I feel like it also says something really positive about Dornbrock, the fact that I don't get that many Problem calls. Please give me someone to (laughs) that. I guarantee you
1: you get more phone solicitors between four and six than you do product calls. I get
2: a lot of calls for people um, asking if I'm interested in support for HR or lead management. That's yeah. People are like targeting me, but um, you know homeowners usually they're calling. Hey, I love your product. I've had it installed in my kitchen for ten years. Uh, I have this problem. What do I do? Yeah. Not like I want a new faucet or I need to replace it, but just like, what do I do to repair it?
1: Yeah. See, you're on the service end. Ma'am, it's time to buy a new faucet.
2: Yeah. I mean... (laughs) I'll bring
1: over the Dornbrock catalog. I know.
2: And I do sometimes want to say that, but also I feel like just from a sustainability standpoint, it's really encouraging that our product lasts so long that people... Love it. And it's still stylish. You know, I mean, it's timeless. Yeah. So it's not like they have to take it out because the trends have shifted. You know, like we're just not trendy. It's not our thing. Yeah. yeah. But
1: if you think about even your least expensive Dornbrock and the fanciest American one you could get, which I love the company, but we'll just leave them nameless. Yeah. <laughs> there's still really no comparison. And the products in America, unfortunately, and I hope I don't feel this with my car, The products in America seem to not last as long as a European product. And when you're talking about a product like yours, I mean, yeah, you could say, you know, would you like to buy a new one just because if they had an American one, they already replaced it twice.
0: Yeah. (laughs) You know, and I
1: I hate to say that. And maybe the first one they got for free because it was just past the warranty of five years. But...
2: It's it's really interesting just about the industry in general. And you probably get this too, Scott. Um, you know, when I built my house, I don't really think anyone sat down and explained to me what timeless design was or why certain things were worth spending a little bit more money on. Yeah. I think... In general, as a culture, we've become very disposable. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, oh well, when the next model comes out, I'll just swap it out, or oh, I'll only have that for three years, and then I'll just get a new one. You know, yeah. like a kitchen faucet, for example. So you know, at the time, I bought a five hundred dollar kitchen faucet, and I remember thinking that was so expensive. Mm-hmm. You know, this is quite a while ago, um, and the thing fell apart within five years. And it had all sorts of little things screwed together. And I remember talking to someone at, at a plumbing showroom, and they said to me, oh, well, people don't hold on to kitchen faucets that long because trends change. Mm. And that is something that is really different about Dornbrocht because we're, we're not trendy. Yeah. Um, I would say like we're really innovative, and like most of our designs are, are timeless.
1: And copied by others.
2: For sure. I mean, we get knocked off a lot, um, but... Just in general, there's this investment in quality, which really surpasses the need for trends, which sometimes frustrates our customers, like maybe designers. Maybe this is something that would frustrate you.
1: Not at all. Okay, good. If something is good, (laughs) you don't fool with it.
2: Yeah. You can
1: always improve the innards, you know, so it works better or whatever have you. But I've been drawing CAD now for 15 years. I've been drawing the Dornbrock faucet in every CAD drawing I've ever had.
2: Wow, that's cool.
1: The first thing that I learned how to draw was the faucet, and then I drew the kitchen. (laughs) That's crazy. (laughs) And I'm telling you, I could pull up pictures right now that when you look at the faucet, you're like, yep, that's our faucet.
2: Wow, that's cool. Well, I know sometimes people say like, well, why don't you just do it this way? Or, you know, why can't you just get this? And we do really, we're in the business of creating solutions. But, um, you know, working with Germans, they are insistent on the highest standard of quality. So it's not like we're going to ever sacrifice quality to to make something that is is a look you know yeah.
0: i i run into that quite frequently because most of the people that i interact with whether it's homeowners or designers are so focused on how do we get there um in the least expensive manner possible instead of focusing on the hey, quality let's, let's make sure the infrastructure is right maybe we have to cut back some stuff to make sure we have upgradeability Um, Let's make sure that we design this to be able to strip out the inside and rebuild it and not cost more money. But the push forward seems to be, oh, we'll pay for it later. Yeah. And that's so – It's so backwards. It's it's an American thing. It's, look, coming
1: back from Detroit, you know – Planned obsolescence. You ever hear that word? Yeah. That that was Ford and GMs. That's their Mm -hmm. idea. You know, you you don't need the car this much. It's going to rust out. We're going to throw it away. You're going to go buy a new one. It's just, it was it was a bad way to start off America's industry. Yeah. It was because there's Volkswagen Bugs still on the road. There's very few Corvairs. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I (laughs) mean, let's be real. I mean, that's true. Uh, that it's really the truth that, you know, it's just built better there. And I- I'm not going to say that they're smarter than we are. I really don't feel that they are. And I feel like when the Germans or the Italians do it, and now the Americans are looking at them saying we could do that, I, th- I feel like we're a Chinese knockoff of
0: yeah. your stuff. Well, it's probably made in China and then shipped to the U.S., <laughs> uh,
1: I don't think Mr. Trump is allowing that as much anymore. <laughs> and I yeah. think that if Apple's being making the, the new computer in yep. Arizona or wherever the Texas or somewhere, yeah. I think that um, I think that Americans are going to start making things here more because uh, it makes it makes sense.
0: That well, that's the hope.
2: I mean, I think you know whether it's made here or somewhere else. To me, the real separation has to do with you know, your ability to really personalize mm-hmm. for the client and to be an expert, yeah. you know, I mean, when you're working with Dresner, it's, you're looking for Dresner's expertise, of right? Course. It's not as important, which exact cabinet shape or, you know, any of that, like, it's like yes. your job to really understand who the customer is, how they're going to use the space. Mm-hmm. I mean, same with your business, right? Yeah, absolutely.
1: So, yeah, we, we have very close businesses.
2: I mean, you really need to evaluate how are you going to use this space for the duration of the time that you live in this home, mm-hmm. right? And you really cannot put a price tag on that because, you know, with your products or with a kitchen or with my product, it can actually really enhance someone's life or make their life like more annoyance filled. Yeah. You know, totally. and we don't have time for that. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: In this day and age, you know, and it's like if, okay, my husband's gonna laugh at me. So, I, I go, I'm gonna coin this new phrase. This is gonna be mine. Zoom out, all right? Everybody, stop. You're micro focused. Just zoom out. That's gonna yeah. be my new Kelly's around hashtag, because if we just take That's a step good, back, actually. just zoom out. Yeah. Just zoom out. Like think about your life a year from now, five years from now. Yeah. Okay. Stop focusing on like these. Small dollars, yeah. That you're, you know, you're trying to do yourself this huge disservice. Thinking about um, enhancing the, your quality of life, right? Mm-hmm. Creating more quality time, yeah. Um, you know, maybe you live longer. Maybe you get to travel more.
1: Yeah, I don't know how I can travel anymore.
2: Well, I mean, <laughs> listen, you're like your rock and roll lifestyle.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's you know that's something. Hey, we can I always have...
2: it can be a goal. Zoom out, Scott. We can find more travel for you. <laughs>
1: It's really good. You should use it.
2: I'm good. I'm good. So you heard it right here first, people. <laughs> oh, for sure. I'm going to
1: Detroit this weekend. I'm taking credit.
2: Yeah. Zoom out. <laughs> He's telling us, Scott's telling you, oh, zoom out. Oh <laughs> man.
1: You know what? I hear what Tyler's saying, and I hear what you're saying too. And as Americans, we have another problem, I think. And it's what you touched on. It's like, I need a new kitchen. If I say some of these statements that I'm about to say, you're going to shake your head. Yes, I believe this. But when you tell a client this, do you know that an average nice condo kitchen in one of these high-rise buildings, by the time you get the appliances, the countertops, the cabinets, take out the stuff, get rid of the soffits, put in lights, fix the floor, do all this stuff. Do you know that it's like starting at $75,000? Oh,
2: easily. Yeah. yeah.
1: Okay. You say yes, that's good. If I go and say that to somebody, I said it to a doctor the other day. I thought we had to call 911 emergency. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You live in a building on Michigan Avenue that's absolutely fabulous. I would kill to live there. And when I said this, he's like, are you serious? I said, how much did you go to app for your appliances? He said, 25000 I said, well, a third of it's gone. I said, your cabinets are... 18 to 20 grand by the time you ship them. And you got to get a guy to install it. That's 25 grand. You know, two thirds of your budget is gone. You got to tear everything out. You got to, you know, install things. You got to move the plumbing. You got to add lights. You got to do the soffits. Before you know it, $75,000 is spent. And I'm telling you 20 years ago, we used to, or even 25 years ago, we used to do, 4,000 square foot homes for $6,000 of all the cabinets.
2: That's nuts.
1: Wow. Yeah, and there was a laundry room, four bathrooms, you know, usually like a mud room and a huge kitchen. And things have gotten so out of control. But a lot of people who have lived in their house for, you know, or their condo downtown for, Five years and they're ready for a new kitchen. They think, "Oh, I'm going to go spend twenty five grand." But yeah. don't
2: you think I'm going to say something very controversial? Now, yeah. um, it won't be controversial for anyone in this room, but maybe for anyone listening, uh, the HGTV effect has oh, had a yeah. huge, oh my god,
1: I hate them impact oh,
2: yeah. because you know you look at and I actually I Chip love and Joanna. Well, I actually love Chip and Joanna. Yeah,
1: but yeah. they lie. Okay, because nobody, the, I can't do things like that.
2: Yeah, the problem for that is price. they'll show a <laughs> complete gut rehab for $85,000, you know, like ground up. And that's just not reality. I mean, even even not at a luxury budget. What's that? The materials probably are
1: donated. But you want to hear something? It's just so unrealistic. Okay, I appreciate that it's donated, but you can't go and sell this horse crap. (laughs) To, you know, the general public that you can remodel a house for $80,000. You can remodel a house for $200,000. Yeah. You know, but a bathroom's twenty five grand.
2: Yeah, I mean, I just think it's really hurting our industry. Oh, it's um, making everybody
1: think that it, we work for nothing.
2: Well, and it also makes people not really value your time. You know, I think they don't show labor costs on a show like that right you know um maybe they show a just huge
0: majority of the cost
1: yeah either that or they're just like you know a chinese sweatshop over there in texas yeah. and they're working these guys for a dollar a day yeah. well, i and mean it just to, doesn't make sense
2: we need to think about craftsmanship and our ability to do these things you know i've it's very funny in, in plumbing, just on a, as a microcosm, you know, when instructions come to the United States, we don't have a lot of wiggle room for tolerances, right? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, well, clearly these are the instructions. This is what you do. There's no, well, you can add a quarter of an inch here or there
1: no you can't
2: um with with a lot of your MPA products that's how it is but yeah. with american products i mean i was at pelo windows for 14 years and there would be a significant amount of allowance for wiggle room based on installation um mm. you know we are severely lacking and losing a lot of our craftsmen every single day yep. because they're not really appreciated
0: absolutely and and this goes back to germany and italy working as a automotive mechanic or, uh, for Porsche directly or whatever, um, those jobs are held to a very high regard versus in the U S we kind of turn our nose up to those people.
2: And hopefully that's changing. I mean, I think
0: I don't know about Porsche guys. I mean, if you're going to Porsche,
1: <laughs> okay, they're not very nice to me when I come there. All right, and all they right. take great care of my car and I know it's done right, but what uh, I'm saying
0: is more so the mechanics in Germany. Oh yeah. Like, no, no, know, no. They're appreciated. Yes, yeah.
1: yes. Uh, however, so. I think that <laughs> because Porsche is like a driver's car, yeah. I think that those mechanics and I would say maybe BMW too. Yeah. Those mechanics, I think, are more in pride, but one thing that i've learned from working in italy for 25 years is these people that work in the factory i mean they get paid very very little Mm. and they do such an amazing job do you know why something that we don't have here in america pride
0: pride yeah
1: this girl probably gets paid forty thousand dollars a year okay my daughter she works at trunk club she makes over that yeah this girl's been there in this factory for 15 or 20 years she is so proud to have that job uh, they sell a hundred and eight million dollars worth of, uh, you know, cabinetry all over the world, and she makes forty grand, and she busts her ass every day, and it it's 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 really nice that they're that way, but it also makes me feel like she goes without. Yeah, and I think that the Europeans, a lot of them are more pri- proud than we are. I think Americans are just about the buck now a yeah. lot.
2: So I'm conflicted about that because I feel like there's a lot of people that put a lot of effort into what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, the lowest common denominator sometimes get our attention. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm hopeful that there will be more adoption of like the craft, right? Like being involved in the process of building something, making something. You know, I mean, I come from a family where I'm forced. Well, I can't really claim it, but I'm fourth generation in construction. Uh, my dad, his dad, his dad were all union painters, um, HVAC guys to like pipe fitters, um, tin knockers, as they yeah. say. Um, but I feel like their integrity and the people they worked with really made a huge impression, impression on me. Yeah. Um, so like I love, I love working with builders and the guys that are in the trades. I wish there wasn't this weird perception that they're less than for some reason, you know, like that everyone has to go to college because what I do think the Germans are doing really well is that they do these apprenticeship kind of stewardship positions where they take young people who are in college and they actually teach them whatever the trade is. So like at Dornbrock, for example, we have young people who work for Dornbrock and we then subsidize their college right so it's like they have a match yeah and then they come out of college with not only a degree but also some hands-on experience working as opposed to like in the us where you might get an internship that might teach you something yeah you know they actually learn a skill or a craft
1: i I don't know i i agree with what you're saying but i'm going to tell you that i believe um and I've seen our president say that we need plumbers, we, we need carpenters. We yeah, do. We, we and we there there are sure. we do there are yeah. movements <laughs> in the United States to get these vocational schools back up and yeah. running, because really, you know, us shipping everything over to China and us not doing it ourselves may have saved money and maybe made money for people. Sure, but it changed the shape of our country. Yeah, yeah. like we
2: don't know how to do things like we used to build things
1: we do it's just yes
2: but there's less i mean there's less people going into it I, well, i've seen
0: projects that i've been in on and they can't even get you know guys to show up because they're so swamped and they're all over the place because there's so few you know, you're looking at framers and carpenters and all uh, plumbers, electricians, and these guys are just jumping from job to job and they're in their, you know, mid sixties and they're still working because yeah, there's no rough. one below them. And they have the pride that they can't go, let their clients go without, like, you know, these guys could retire if they wanted to, but they don't. Yeah. But the other thing that you guys don't
1: realize because you're younger than me, as you get older, your fee gets more. Yeah. And a guy like that, you know, in his mid sixties, that what what is he gonna do? Go home and play golf? Yeah. It's it's not about the money, it's about I can make more because I have nothing else better to do and yeah, I'd rather work than play golf. I mean, I'm that guy. I'd much right. rather sit and draw a computer you know, on my computer than play golf. Yeah. I, I like golf, but yeah. I like drawing better.
0: Being creative.
2: Yeah,
1: totally.
0: Yeah. Hmm.
2: So, everyone, if you're looking for work.
1: <laughs> 248, 4,000. <000. laughs> Design needs it and will do anything.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, Scott and Kelly, thanks for coming on. Um, it's been fun. It's a really good conversation. So
2: Thanks for having us. It was really easy, too.
0: Yeah, super it easy. It was. Yeah? Yeah. Well, good.
2: Make Can sure it, if I said anything stupid that you cut it out, okay?
0: Are you saying that now so I have Make to sure cut that out? Make sure,
2: record <laughs> this part. If I said anything stupid.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry for my audience that I'm a little raw, but, you know. Just sometimes, it real. <laughs> sometimes design is raw. Yeah.
2: yeah. Life gets messy.
0: It does. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Design Insider. Looking forward to... Uh, continuing this thing, growing it, and uh, we can't thank you enough for tuning in and uh, supporting us as we continue this process. Thanks so much and see you in the next episode.